Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Day after Christmas to you and yours. You're listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max right here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and over on ESPN. You hope you all had a wonderful holiday and are enjoying some time off. Courtney Crone and Harry Douglas sitting in for the guys on this Monday morning. Pleased to be welcomed in by ESPN NFL analyst Herm Edwards joining us now on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Herm, the shootout of week 16 Cowboys and Eagles you can take your pick where you want to start here the Eagles defense being terrible on third down a good performance from Gardner Minshew CeeDee Lamb being the truth Miles Sanders being really sad at the end of the game where are we starting coach third and uh, third and 30 all right let's start there let's do that third and 30 on deep no I, I I think if you look at this game obviously um both defenses were disappointing, to say the least. Um, both these teams have uh, really pretty good defenses, top five defenses. And uh, the way the game was played, it was like an arena ball game. Uh, it was just who could score, who could get to 40 the quickest. And obviously the Cowboys were able to do that. But it was a game filled with turnovers, a lot of big plays offensively. I mean, if a, for a Christmas you know, game, you know, day before Christmas, I mean, obviously you had to be excited about watching this. But going into the playoffs, if you're, a, if you're a head coach, you're a little bit concerned. Now, you can just say this is a one-off. This is one of those games. Um, obviously, Minshew came in and, you know, he, he did a good job throwing the ball, but but the Eagles' run game uh, suffered uh, with, with, without their quarterback, obviously, because that's really half of their running game. You think about the guy scored 13 touchdowns already this year and almost 1,000 yards rushing. So it was a passing game for Minshew, and I thought he did a good job through it 40 times. Uh, there was over 400 yards by both teams offensively. Defensively, it was just it was hard to watch as, as a defensive player, as a defensive coach, to, just to watch it all unfold. But for the fans, it was very exciting. Yeah, Coach, Cowboys came out with that victory. They were the Philadelphia Eagles were without Jalen as you just mentioned. Looking at both of the teams at this juncture, at this moment right now, who do you think is the better team moving forward? Well, I'm going to say the Eagles are probably more complete team when they get their quarterback back because that, that, that allows them to run the ball. Uh, you know, they do a lot, of, uh, a lot of things with that quarterback as far as what he can do, uh, running the ball, uh, RPOs, uh, run some option with him. Uh, and, and I just think you know, when you look at their record, I mean, they lost yesterday. And, and I said this earlier, it really doesn't matter right now what these teams, two teams do. They're both going to head into the playoffs. Is when you get in the playoffs, what can you do? And I think if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, um, you're probably the most complete team. The team that, that, that bothers you and that you're nervous about is the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, you know, their defense is a big-time defense now. I mean, they're playing really well with a rookie quarterback. And we're all waiting for this rookie quarterback to stumble. He's not stumbling. He's playing pretty well. Uh, and, and, and that's going to be an issue for any team that faces the 49ers. The team that played the San Francisco 49ers this past weekend has a quarterback conundrum on their hands. Taylor Heineke of the Washington Commanders was benched in favor of Carson Wentz. And Ron Rivera, following the game, Herm, said that he would make a decision on this pretty quick. He wants the guy who's going to be starting in Week 17 to get all of the reps this week in practice. If you were Ron Rivera, which direction do you go? Because you know that you had been winning games, for the most part, with Taylor Heineke up until this rough two-game stretch? 
I think he's going to go with Wentz. It just sounds like it, knowing Ron, he's a, he's a good friend. Um, I just think he's going to go with Wentz. Uh, he came in and gave him a little bit of a spark yesterday. And really, they, you know, they were in a game that uh, they played well. And this is what I thought going into this. Their defense is, is, is pretty good. The Washington defense is really good. And when you think about the game at halftime, it was 7-7. Uh, and then, you know, from there, it kind of got away from them. Uh, <laughs> You know, when you think about it, they scored 30 points, the 49ers, in, in the third and the fourth quarter, and that got away from them. And it really was, it was uh, the tight end, Kittle. They had no answer for Kittle. I mean, it just every time you turn around, he was catching the ball and running with a six catch for 120 yards, two touchdowns. That kind of broke it open for him. But I think going forward, if you're, if you're Ron, uh, you're probably going to go with Wentz. Coach, the Miami Dolphins yesterday on Christmas Day allowed the Green Bay Packers to come back and win that football game. Turning the football over to a tongue of Aloha wasn't his best game, wasn't his best second half. He played a hell of a first half. But with saying that, you look at the playoff standings right now, you have New England sitting right underneath the Miami Dolphins, the Jets, and the Titans. If the Dolphins, just to say hypothetically, don't get that last playoff spot, which one of those teams do you think will have um, the means down the stretch to actually make the playoffs well <laughs> that's a good question I mean you know I think the Dolphins find a way to get in and it's going to be interesting because they got to play at New England that's a big game for them for them and the Patriots and then they play the Jets at home um, I think if they get to nine they're, 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 you know, they got their chance of getting in is pretty good uh, New England is just kind of hovering you know I don't know if the Jets get in uh, obviously, they got to go to Seattle and they got to go to Miami. Uh, and, and, and they're struggling right now at the quarterback position. Defensively, obviously, can they hold up against those two teams? I don't know that. Uh, so those are the teams that I'm looking at right now when you think about the AFC, um, uh, you know, especially in the East. Uh, it'll be interesting. You know, New England has a way of, of, of slowing the game down. They do a nice job of making you adjust. And then that's basically what happened yesterday. If you can't adjust by halftime with the New England Patriots, then you're going to be in trouble. And you think about how they played the second half, um, you know, they, they shut them out. I mean, so that's, you know, that's kind of who they are, that that's who they've been. Uh, and you have to understand that when you play New England, there's one game plan in the first half, and the second half is going to have to be completely different because they're going to take some things away from you. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, ESPNU, Courtney Cronin, Harry Douglas, joined by ESPN NFL analyst, former NFL and college football coach Herm Edwards. Now, we were talking about the 49ers and just what they did to the Washington Commanders. And it's a Washington Commanders defense that allowed Brock Purdy and company to put up 37 points. Now, I know that Purdy's getting a ton of help right now with the likes of George Kittle and how well he's played. Certainly the defense on that side is doing wonders for the San Francisco 49ers. Let's say Jimmy G gets healthy at some point for a team that's already headed to the postseason. Do you keep playing Brock Purdy if he's winning games or do you go back to Jimmy G? Uh, that's, that's a great question. Uh, knowing Coach Shanahan, I think he goes back to Jimmy G uh, because he has some playoff experience. And it's a little bit different when you get in the playoffs. It, it, it just is. And I, I can tell you that as, as a former player and as a coach, I've been in both situations. I've, I've wore both hats. Um, games is a lot different when you get in the playoffs. The stakes are much higher. You know that. Uh, and there's more pressure. There's a lot of pressure on you in the playoffs. You know, you're one and done. 
And you know, according to how you sit, if you got some home games, you might only have to play two, and all of a sudden you're in the championship game, right? So there's a the game changes in the playoffs. It just does, and it's hard to say that you know for people to understand that. It's I was reminded of that when I was a rookie uh, playing in the preseason games, right? And and the veterans were telling me I was going to start as a rookie. They say, look, rook, uh, this regular season, these games are really going going to be faster. And I didn't really understand what they were saying until I went out there in my first game and understood, oh, I understand. And then the next question was, you know what, you think the regular season was fast? Wait till you get in the playoffs. And until you felt it, you you can't explain it. And and that's kind of what it is when you get in the playoffs. Coach, I want to ask you about the New York Jets quarterback right now, Zach Wilson, in his second year. In the Thursday night football game against the Jaguars, he was 9 for 18, 92 yards, one interception. When you look at this Jets organization, should they cut ties from Zach Wilson and just start to build from the quarterback position moving forward a different direction? Well, well, I know that's easy to say for a fan base. It might be easy for us to say as analysts and people that, that, that watch it all. But there's a lot into this. There's a lot of different layers. And I think at the end of the season, the head coach is going to have to sit down with the GM as well as the owner and say, going forward, you know, what, what are our options here? Um, do, we, do we change our offense? Um, do we add more pieces around our offense uh, to help this young man? I mean, you know, what, what is the conversation there? And I think that, that's going to be critical going forward for the Jets because, as you know, they have a big-time defense. And, and, you know, when you look at Coach Salas, I mean, he, came, he comes from San Francisco. He built the same kind of defense in San Francisco that he has now. So he feels pretty good about that. Now it's just a matter of getting consistent quarterback play. I would assume he wants to run the San Francisco offense, which is run the ball some, play action, get on the center, do some things like that. Um, I, I think that's the way he would like to go. Now you got to figure out, is this the quarterback going forward? Or is it not? Um, he's in his second season. We've seen this. We, we've seen, you know, we've seen quarterbacks in, in their second season struggle some, right? Uh, and, you know, he's a first-round pick. There's a lot that went into this. They looked at him coming out of college. He had a skill set that they liked, and they picked him. Uh, they just placed <laughs> the Jaguars, right? And they saw a quarterback that struggled too uh, his first season. All of a sudden, He's like a different guy all of a sudden, right? Got a different coach, um, put in an offense that he could handle. All of a sudden, this guy looks like, whoa, this is the guy they picked, right? Yeah. So I just think there's a lot that goes into it. In New York, it becomes even bigger because it's in New York. And it's a, it's a tough place to coach and it's a tough place to play. Always great to have Herm Edwards, ESPN NFL analyst, join Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Coach, appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Thank you much, both. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. No key, no Jay and Max, but you've got Courtney Cronin and Harry Douglas kicking it with you on this Monday after Christmas. Straight ahead, do the Broncos need to move on from Russell Wilson already? Plus, we're taking your calls right now. 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. Let's go out to Roe in Phoenix. Roe, what you got? You're on ESPN Radio. Hey, uh, good morning, Harry and uh, Courtney. Um, Happy New Year. 
Um, just want to talk about the Cowboys. Um, you know, Keyshawn brought up Keyshawn's formula of winning um, with Dak because Dak, to me, man, is regressing more than anything because how many games in a row has he thrown an interception now? You know, he doesn't need to be throwing the ball 30, 40 times a game to win. That's what they got them two monsters in the backfield for and stuff. You know, the defense played a little bit better, but if they're going to rely on Dak throwing the ball in the playoffs, they're one and done. And that's my take on that. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Ro. Thanks so much. The regression talk with Dak, Harry. Do you buy into that? Okay, wait. feel like he kind of wrote the ship there? Before, I'm sorry. Before we go anywhere... We can go back to that question in one second. Is it way too early to say Happy New Year? It's the 26th. It feels early. It's New Year's week. I have no problem with that at all. And I appreciated Ro addressing it because I won't be on this show again until the New Year. So I did not take any sort of exception to that. It just feels like way too early to be saying Happy New Year already. I enjoyed it as well. Yeah. No, we love our callers here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Those of us who hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. So if you want to wish us any sort of holiday greetings, better than what I typically get in my Twitter mentions. So please, keep it coming. All right, back to that call and the take from Roe. Do do you see Dak as potentially regressing here? Because I feel like he kind of got back on track. I know he threw an ugly pick early in that first quarter against the Eagles, Harry but he also finished with 347 yards passing and three touchdowns. And I know Herm didn't want to go there on that, but that third and 30 I thought was actually like one of his best plays of the game. It was. It was a hell of a throw. And I'll say as far as regressing, he didn't regress in this football game. And I understand he threw the pick six, but he got this offense back together. He got this offense to calm down. He got this offense to be able to make plays and put them in positions to be successful on numerous of occasions using his arms, his arm and his legs. Now, I will say this. The formula for the Dallas Cowboys, yes, it is running the football first until a defense takes takes that away. Yeah, until you can't. Took that away. The Philadelphia Eagles did a great job stopping the run. The San Francisco 49ers is another team who who should be able to take take away the run. That's why you pay Dak Prescott the money you pay him because if you have to throw the football like they did against the Philadelphia Eagles, you want your quarterback to be able to do that. Cooper Rush not coming in the game to do that. When you're down um, six points or three points or whatever, you need a touchdown to go win a game and you have a 98-yard drive you need to run, Dak Prescott is the guy you want to do that, not Cooper Rush. So I do believe that the formula is great defense, creating turnovers, sacking the quarterback, which they need to do better of, um, a better job of of late. But running the football, but when those things aren't all hitting on, you know, the cylinders that you want them to, you want your quarterback to be able to be in the position if he has to throw it 35 times a game to be able to do that. And that's what Dak, Dak Prescott was able to do against the Eagles. Yeah, I don't think that he's regressing at this point. I'd be more worried, honestly, about this Super Bowl level defense. Like, we know how good they are in, again, in takeaways. And typically up front, their pass rush is second to none. But where has it been the last few weeks? Yep. They didn't touch. Gardner Minshew. Not once. Not even one quarterback hit. No sacks, but they couldn't even register a hit on Gardner Minshew. And I know that they've got a great offensive line. Don't get me wrong on that. But, like, they're going to face other teams that have similar strengths. So, like, how are you going to recapture that magic of what makes this defense so good? Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's the number to get in on the call-in line. So, Mac in the Bronx. 
you want to react to what Herm Edwards just said regarding Zach Wilson. What you got here on ESPN Radio? Yes. Hello and happy holidays to both of you. Thank you. And I've been a Jets fan since the 1981 season. So you're talking about 41 years now. And I love Herm Edwards. I thought he got shafted his last year coaching with the Jets. To me, he's one of the best coaches they ever had. But I've got a solution to the quarterback situation. First of all, the Jets GMs, the last two general managers, Joe Douglas and McCagnan, have not done a good job evaluating the quarterback position. We need to get a veteran quarterback. But the quarterback I'm looking at, nobody's talked about, and you just mentioned his name a minute ago, Gardner Minshew. I'm looking at his stats. In his career from 2019 to uh, two days ago, he's thrown 43 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. The guy is 26 years old. He deserves to be a starter somewhere. There are going to be teams out there that are looking for a starting quarterback. He's going to get a shot. The Jets can trade for him. They wouldn't have to give up a lot. They'd be getting a young quarterback with a character. He's got a great personality. would fit in with New York. He's a leader. He's a proven winner. Okay? Wilson's done. He is done. He is not a smart quarterback. He does not have the respect of his team. Mike White, I like him, but he gets injured too easily, and he hasn't proven himself. At least bring Gardner Minshew in to compete for a starting job. I don't want Jimmy G. He can't stay healthy, and he's going to cost too much. I don't want Aaron Rodgers because it will be Brett Favre all over again from the 2008 season. I want to give Gardner Minshew a chance. The last time the Jets had any success was Ryan Fitzpatrick in Todd Bowles' first year as a coach, and they went 10-6, and six, and Fitzpatrick threw over 30 touchdowns. The last good draft pick quarterback the Jets had, Chad Pennington. That's the last time they had sustained success with a quarterback. Mac, thanks so much for the call. Really appreciate it. That was some good stuff. And, and then on the note of what it would cost to move on from from Zach Wilson, Harry, $20.7 million but, but can I ask dead, you this court? dead money charge if Wilson is traded or cut by next season. Just wanted to throw out those financials. Go ahead. Court, so let me ask you this. If you're the Jets and you have a chance to get Aaron Rodgers, you, you wouldn't take that? You know, I think their window right now is is so small and it's closing to where I don't agree with the part Mac was saying about I wouldn't go after Jimmy G. He's been too injury prone. I wouldn't go after Aaron Rodgers because we saw how that happened when Brett Favre tried to go have the uh, second part of his career somewhere else. Rodgers is an interesting one because I first off, he gets $59 million guaranteed next year. I think he's staying in Green Bay for that figure alone. I don't know if the Jets would, you know, people are saying, well, how can any team mm-hmm. make a contract like that work? Teams can make contracts like that work. And if you're a quarterback who the rest of the team is not going to be up to caliber to go compete for something next year, then you try to go work on building for the future, getting Jordan Love in the mix at finally, and let Aaron Rodgers go win a Super Bowl and go off into the sunset and do it with another team. I just don't feel like Rodgers is a realistic option for the Jets for a number of different reasons. I certainly do feel like Jimmy Garoppolo or maybe even a Derek Carr could be an option that's a lot more realistic than A, Aaron Rodgers and B, Zach Wilson still being on this team. Now, Mike White has dealt with injuries, and that's that's neither here nor there. He will be part of whatever quarterback competition that you have, and he will be on this roster whether he's as a starter or whether he's a backup next year because he's proven he can play. 
Yeah, and we can't, you know, negate Jimmy Garoppolo. We got to remember, Robert Sala came from San Francisco. Mike LaFleur, the little brother of Matt LaFleur, is in that same realm yes, of, of offense and came from San Francisco as well. So you get, you, you gotta you gotta you know put into consideration that okay he probably wants a guy that's familiar with his system and understands what what, what they want to do and they don't want to drop back and throw the football 35, 40 times a game. You got to remember Brees Hall got hurt early on in the year and he's gonna be coming back. He's gonna be phenomenal for this team moving forward. If they can assure up some more pieces offensive line wise, you have that defense that can back up a Jimmy. Garoppolo, it's not like he can't play in cold weather. He did get drafted to the New England Patriots in the second round. So I like the Jimmy Garoppolo as a as a as a nice as a nice pickup. All right, let's hit one more call here momentarily on the Dr. Pepper call in line. The NFC South. It's going to be an interesting race to see who wins that crown week 17 and weeks 18. Let's go out to Steve in North Carolina who believes the Panthers will be taking that title. Steve, you're on ESPN radio. Hey, how y'all doing? Good, how are you? Good, good, good. You know what? I'm I'm a Panther fan, and I I, I really didn't think we had absolute no chance about five weeks ago. But I've actually watched Tampa Bay because me and my buddy, he's in Florida. He's a big Buck fan. I'm a Panther fan. And I legitimately think we're going to actually catch him now because they wouldn't have won the game last night if it weren't for Arizona stumbling over their own two feet. I I just feel like we can actually win this thing. I never dreamed this. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for the call, Steve. I appreciate it. I'm sure it's bringing back flashbacks of that 7-8-1 season in 2014, which I wish on no fan. But, hey, it may take a losing record to win the NFC South this year. And, and Steve's right. They were playing Trace McSorley yesterday, a quarterback. And this was a, this was a Bucks team that had to come back and force overtime to win this game. So I feel like anything, Harry, is possible. And you obviously know the NFC South all, all too well because you played for the Atlanta Falcons for a number of years. What do you make of that? Do you think it's going to be a Panthers-Bucks neck-and-neck sort of battle going down the stretch here to see who wins that fourth seed? 100% Courtney and when you look at the first matchup I thought the Panthers dominated in the first matchup uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers facing the Panthers so I think it's going to come down to you know that game between those two teams in which especially watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last night in this entire season because I only believe they played two complete games that was the first game of the year in the game against the Seattle Seahawks that they played in Munich so those are the only two games that I can sit here and, and vividly say hey the Tampa Bay Buccaneers played a great brand of football Think about that. We're in week what? This is 16 or 17? 17 We're going into 17 up? right now. And they've only played two. They've only played two complete games. Looking at that offense against Trace McSurley and, and the Arizona Cardinals last night, and if they don't have late game um, bloomers, then they lose that They lose that football game. So I, I like what Sam Darnold is mentally. I like that Steve Wilkes um, has his football team physical, physicality first, running the football with Deontay Foreman and also Chuba Hubbard but then you got those young guys on defense that are flying around making plays as well. Yeah they've been surging at the right time they've been in in about just every game that they've played and they ended up winning that game with a lot of physicality and the coldest game played ever at Bank of America Stadium in week 16. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Coming up next Harry and I dive into the NFC South and some playoff scenarios more 
plus your calls here on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. All of that coming up. G Sean, J. Will and Max, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and over on ESPNU. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Courtney Cronin. We're sitting in for the guys on this Monday after Christmas. Hope you all had a wonderful, safe, and healthy holiday. As always, ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. So we had three NFL games part of the Week 16 Sunday slate yesterday. The Green Bay Packers winning on the road in Miami. The Los Angeles Rams putting a wallop on the Denver Broncos. And then it takes overtime for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to beat the Arizona Cardinals. That was the nightcap, a 1916 final. Tom Brady having to play hero ball in the final minutes of that one. This team going against Trace McSorley, a backup, backup quarterback, because Kyler Murray a couple weeks ago tore his ACL and is out for the remainder of the year. But it was another late opportunity for Brady to go into hero mode, orchestrating a 10-point comeback from a long deficit. Now, how did they end up doing that? Here's Tom Brady following the game about the mindset. Yeah, you know, we keep it close in the fourth quarter. We know we got a shot and, um, you know, just too many plays to not get ahead. And then, you know, we played better there in the fourth quarter. We executed pretty well, made a bunch of uh, broke some tackles, you know, ran hard. A lot of guys made plays in the past games and, you know, contested catches, got a hit as soon as they caught it and, and came up with it. So defense really stepped up. So it was a, a great way to, uh, you know, down 10 in the fourth quarter on the road. It's great to find a way to win. So as it stands right now, Harry Douglas, the Bucks have the four seed in the NFC playoff picture. They'd be hosting a playoff game because they'd be the division winner there in the NFC South. And they would have fifth-seeded Dallas coming to town wildcard weekend. It would be an incredible underdog at home for 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, considering the way that Dallas has been playing, the record discrepancy. Dallas is 11 and 4. The Bucs are 7 and 8. But a lot can come down to the wire here for the NFC South, these final two games of the season. Remember, the Panthers play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this weekend. They are on the road in Tampa next Sunday on New Year's Day. And the first time that these two teams played, not such great football coming out of the Carolina Panthers, but as that was when they had a different head coach. And as of recent weeks with Steve Wilkes at the helm, you're seeing a very physical Panthers team, one that just rushed for a franchise record 320 yards on the Detroit Lions in the win over over the weekend. And Carolina right now is a team, as I'm looking at kind of what these playoff scenarios are, are going to look like, they control their own destiny to make the playoffs if they win at Tampa Bay and then they beat New Orleans to end the season. Remember, the Panthers were 1-4 after they fired Matt Rule. They're trying to become the fifth team to make the postseason with a different coach than the one they started the season with. Who are you more confident in at this point to grab the NFC South? Is it Tampa Bay or is it the Carolina Panthers? Oh, oh Courtney, you put me on the spot with this one. I'm um, not asking you about the Falcons. Because my, like, my, my mind... I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm a little clouded also because when I look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I can't get that Super Bowl pedigree out of my mind. I can't get the simple fact that there is a lot of carryover from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on their football team from when they won a Super Bowl a few years back. And I just think at some point, even though the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, have been god-awful this season and they've only played two complete games, I, I, for some reason I just keep wondering if that if that Super Bowl pedigree is going to come out. And so far it hasn't. So far it hasn't this season. When I look at the Carolina Panthers and I look at that first matchup and how they dominated the you know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and you see Tom Brady making all kind of errant throws and Mike Evans, one of the most reliable guys, has went over a thousand yards every year. He's been with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, drop a touchdown pass and with that game still close, you know, you don't have the hustle plays from guys on offense and defense, but still an opportunity to win that first matchup. But then I look at this, the Carolina Panthers, right, who got this fire lit under them with Steve Wilkes and just playing a different brand of football. And you look at the last three wins that the Carolina Panthers have, they rushed for over 180 yards against the Denver Broncos. They rushed for 223 um, in their next win. And then yesterday we seen them rush for 320 yards versus the Carolina Panthers. I mean, versus the uh, Detroit Lions. So, honestly, right now, I, I, I am kind of torn in between the two. But if I have to go by the way they're playing on the football field right now, I think I have more faith in the Carolina Panthers at the moment. Okay, so do I. Because the Panthers can still win the division with a 7-10 and 10 record if they beat the Bucks in Week 17. And you can see where they are right now, very much in the hunt uh, behind the Lions, the Packers, the Seahawks at the top of that list of teams that are 7-8. and eight. And it just feels feels like the way that they have been playing as of late like the it's maddening how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers continue to do things that don't make a ton of sense like this should be an offense that's predicated off of play action and those sorts of throws to be able to get your quarterback away from pressure we know that Tom Brady doesn't like when guys are around his feet and we know that the struggles for this Tampa team have been on the interior of the offensive line and the first time these two teams played earlier this year this year the Panthers 
Panthers dialed up the blitz pretty heavily on Tom Brady. And as you can see, you know, some of some of his numbers this year, some of his worst numbers this year have come in those situations. And I just wonder, like the way that both teams are going right now, the direction of both teams. You've got a Panthers team that's riding high right now, knocking off a team that could very well be in the playoffs in the Detroit Lions. Might they do the same again in Week 17, considering they control their own destiny for that NFC South title going forward? All they got to do to get there, beat the Bucks and beat the Saints. Coming up next, we'll get you set for Monday Night Football, plus one big question about Aaron Rodgers. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When tonight, the Los Angeles Chargers would clinch a playoff berth at the Indianapolis Colts. That's the Monday night football game that we have on our airwaves here in a couple hours. In the meantime, you got Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max right here on ESPN Radio and ESPNU. Courtney Cronin, Harry Douglas holding it down for the guys to start the week here. This Monday night football preview is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. So you've got two teams going very opposite directions here, Harry. This Colts team that just gave up or allowed the largest comeback in NFL history. That wasn't that long ago we still remember what happened in minnesota last saturday and then you've got a chargers team that has been able to rattle off some big wins one at home recently over the miami dolphins to where they're putting themselves in prime spot to remain in the afc playoff picture what do you expect in this one tonight well, I'll say number one, Courtney, for the Los Angeles Chargers not to blow anything. Don't make this playoff race closer than what it already is. You're sitting in a great spot, and so don't go out there on Monday Night Football and lose a football game that you probably should win. I will also say for the Los Angeles Chargers, from an offensive standpoint, don't go into this football game thinking the Colts' defense is sweet. There's nothing sweet about that defense because I actually had opportunity to call the game against the Philadelphia Eagles when they faced the Colts in Indy, and that defense led by DeForest Buckner and Quiddy Pay and, you know, Yannick Ngakwe, but their two linebackers in Zaire Franklin and Bobby O'Karrike has been playing phenomenal football, and that's without, you know, Leonard being able to play this season and will play this season for a long period of time. So don't go into this football game if you're the Chargers, if you're Brandon Staley, if you're Justin Herbert and think, you know what, this is the Colts and they're, ha- they're having a down year. There's no Jonathan uh, Taylor that's going to be out there and they think you're going to get an easy win. You're going to have to earn this win, but for Brandon Staley, 
daily, don't put this team in a position to where it costs them, right? If you have fourth and five, then you're on your own 20-yard line. Punt the damn football, okay? Let's not be silly and cost your team an opportunity to be in a better position playoff-wise because of the mental mistakes. Yeah, I understand that. And, and just for people who might have not remembered what happened last week, there was a quarterback change made for the Indianapolis Colts. It's not going to be Matt Ryan. It will be Nick Foles starting under center for the Indianapolis Colts this year. I'm sure he thought at this point of the season he would have his old offensive coordinator from Philadelphia with him in Frank Reich. Reich was fired. It's now Jeff Saturday's show, and they are making a quarterback change after giving up the largest comeback in NFL history to the Minnesota Vikings in Week 15. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN. You, I'm going to ask you this question and real quick. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to progressive.com slash careers and apply online. Bundle today at progressive.com. So we were talking about this with Herm Edwards. You and I have thrown around this idea, and I just want to know, why would Aaron Rodgers want to play for the Jets next year over the Green Bay Packers? Can you give me a scenario that would make sense for Rodgers to go there instead of trying to finish out his career with the Green Bay Packers? Well, I'll say if, if, if Aaron Rodgers feels at any point that the Green Bay Packers aren't a team that can compete for a Super Bowl or contend for one uh, moving forward, then, yeah, he should he should consider it. When I look at the New York Jets and the Ray Robert Sala has built this defense, um, you talk about Quentin Williams and Sauce Gardner making the Pro Bowl uh, in his rookie season, C.J. Mosley playing a, a, a hell of a brand of football from a linebacker position, and then you have, you know, Quincy, uh, Quincy Williams, Quentin's brother at the sure. linebacker position too. You just have so many pieces to that to that defense. Um, and then you look offensively at the weapons that they have. You talk about Elijah Moore. You talk about a Corey Davis, a Garrett Wilson. You know Brees Hall is going to come back at the tight end position, a CJ a Uzama. Now they do offensive line-wise have to get better up front. But if you look at the pieces for the New York Jets, they are in a situation that well, I feel like they are a quarterback away from making a lot of noise in the National Football League, not just the AFC. But you need a quarterback to contend in the AFC because you have a Patrick Mahomes, you have a Josh Allen, you have a Justin Herbert, you have a Lamar Jackson, you have a Joe Burrow. You have all these guys in the AFC that you got you have to contend against. And you can't have the quarterback position being the dark cloud of the shadow on your football team and the reason why you can't get to where you want to go. Yeah, and it makes sense to think about a change at quarterback, whether it is a veteran like a Jimmy Garoppolo, like an Aaron Rodgers, if they do want to yeah. end up staying with with Mike White beyond this season. But everybody we've talked to on this show this morning, from Dan Orlovsky to Herm Edwards, uh, so on and so forth, Rex Ryan as well, believes that the writing is on the wall. And this is a couple days removed from that Thursday night football game where we've had time to digest just how bad of a look that was for Zach Wilson to get benched for you know yep. somebody who we didn't even know played in the NFL. He was a practice squad quarterback from the CFL ranks named Chris Streveler. A guy who didn't even have 25 career pass attempts prior to Thursday and ends up getting, you know, called up from the practice squad and Zach Wilson gets benched in favor of that guy. So very clearly a change is on the horizon and going to come for the New York Jets soon. It's going to be an interesting offseason, though, to see how this team approaches it, considering how aggressive the Jets were in free 
agency and in the draft last season. We'll take a couple more of your calls here on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Let's go out to Jason in Atlantic City. Jason, tell me about the Eagles and your concern level. Hey, guys, good morning to you. Happy holidays. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Uh, This is my first time actually getting through to national radio. I call into my local station all the time. Um, But this is my first time getting through to national, so thank you for taking my call. Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, lifelong Philadelphia Eagles fan, uh, I would have taken a Eagles win for Christmas. I would have taken an Eagles win over Dallas for Christmas. I would have especially taken this specific Eagles win over Dallas for Christmas. Um, But what I saw on that field was a team who, A, Cowboys are playing out of desperation, and B, Gardner Minshew. And Gardner Minshew's no scrub, but that was not Jalen out there. And even after turning the ball over four times, we are still talking about a team that it came down to the last possession. Mm-hmm. I think that if the Eagles played the Cowboys eight out of ten times, the Eagles would win that game. I'm not worried about them going into the postseason. Um, fly, Eagles, fly. I, I think this is the year that it's got to be this year because next year Tom Brady's going to go somewhere. Aaron Rodgers is going to go somewhere. This is our year to, 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 to get it done and to get it done in style. And um, I, I have nothing but um, nothing but confidence moving forward. All right, Thanks Jason. for taking my call, guys. Great stuff. Thanks so much for the call. That was Jason in Atlantic City. Concern meter at zero about the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the turnovers are something that I would be concerned about. Like, And I know that they came, some of them from Gardner Minshew, but there were four of them that the Dallas defense was able to capitalize off of and score 20 points off of. That, to me, is a legitimate concern, Harry. Yeah, and this is one of the better teams that taking care of the football. But you look at the last two weeks and Jalen Hurts having the turnovers that he had previously versus Chicago Bears. And then you come in this week and the turnovers that they had against the uh, Dallas Cowboys. I- I'm not going to say it's, it's, it's a major concern, but when offensive coaches get up in those meetings, the first must that they have for the offense is take care of the football. So that's what the Philadelphia Eagles do. And I think majority of the time when they take care of the football, they're going to win the game because it's just better than everyone else. Two games remaining for the Philadelphia Eagles to lock up the NFC's number one overall seed. They can do it against the Saints in Week 17, or if it goes all the way down to Week 18, they'll be doing it against their division rival, New York, at home. This has been Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. Courtney Cronin, Harry Douglas sitting in for the guys. Reminder, Harry and Fitz coming your way just January 3rd, 12 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Harry's new show on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.